when you drive by like a construction site, right, it's clear that there's a lot of coordination that needs to happen between all the different disciplines. So there's the structural, plumbing, mechanical, electrical, civil engineering, you know, if you're going to do storm drains and piping and sanitary and natural gas, you know, there's just so many different people all working on the at the construction site at the same time. So an incredible amount of coordination needs to take place. It's just as important in the digital space to collaborate as it is on the construction site itself. Welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Design Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper. In this episode, I'm welcoming back Derek England, NX Product Manager for AEC and BIM at Siemens Digital Industries Software. In part two of our three-part series with Derek, we're talking all about the benefits of collaboration using multidiscipline building information modeling tools in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. Before we begin, Derek, would you like to give our audience a bit of a reintroduction? Hi, I'm Derek England. I'm an NX product manager for AEC and BIM at Siemens Digital Industries Software. I've been with the company for over 25 years now, and I've been able to be fortunate to work with some of the most innovative companies around and understanding their workflows and helping them to achieve their productivity goals. My job is to make sure that NX is, is the best there is for this industry and uh, continually search and work with customers to, to figure out how to enhance the software so that it's uh, the most efficient for them. It's great to have you back, Derek. Today, we're talking all about collaboration and coordination of BIM tools in the AEC space. What are some of the real world challenges regarding this issue that you see general contractors experiencing? The general contractor, he is responsible for coordinating all the, the engineering construction activities, right, with the subcontractors. So they'll have one contractor that's responsible for, you know, designing and installing the HVAC system. We have a con one contractor responsible for piping, another for electrical, et cetera, et cetera. The challenges are is changes in one area will impact many different disciplines, right? And so his responsibility as a general contractor needs to be able to when he finds these issues to go back and communicate back to them and say, okay, these things need to change. One of the challenges is, is that like everybody kind of has their own source of the truth, right? They've got their own version of the part. Not everyone's reading from the same script, I guess. So it's, it's difficult for them to, to make those kind of changes. And I would imagine that's further complicated with the number of different technologies being used. Is that right? Typically, you know, each one of these disciplines are, are using different software as well. So if I'm a contractor and my job is to, to design HVAC, I'm going to use whatever software is the best for HVAC, right? And the guy over here who's designing plumbing, he's going to use the software best for designing plumbing systems, right? So on and so forth, right? Now the general contractor has to take data from lots of different systems as well and kind of integrate it all together. And in this process of like integrating the data and collecting it and it's error prone, right? And, and when changes are made, it, it's really difficult to understand what the impact is to all the different areas for lots of different reasons, right? So if I, if I, if I decide I want to make an opening here on this wall and need to add a beam that's going to impact, you know, piping and electrical and HVAC, you need to communicate that all to them. And because each of them work in their own silos, it, it's really difficult to find these things and, and communicate them in a timely manner. 
So can you walk us through what the process looks like currently? How does a general contractor typically ensure that everyone is working in harmony? It doesn't feel very harmonious a lot of times. If you've ever been to like the, like an orchestra or something like that, it, it's kind of like when you first sit down and like the lights kind of go a little bit dim and you hear them kind of start playing, they don't immediately start playing like this beautiful music. You know, you, it kind of sounds a little bit chaotic. You hear them warming up. It sounds a little bit chaotic how they do that, but in reality, they're just kind of all getting in sync, right? And that's kind of what a design review, it's like getting everyone in sync. So in an orchestra, they'll like, the oboe will play a note, like an A note, and then the violin checks to make sure he's got the same A note. And then the other you know, woodwinds and brass and, and strings, they all make sure they have the same note. Now they're all in sync. Now they're ready to make music. Now they can be harmonious, right? And that's kind of what the design review is like. It's like, okay, we need to make sure everybody's in sync. Do we all have the same design? You know, are, all, are we all reading from the same script? They figure that out in a design review, but it feels like they don't start playing music. <laughs> they just say, okay, great. We're all, in, we're all in tune. Let's go back and start practicing on our own, right? And it just feels like they constantly are getting in tune, but never really making music together. I think that's where we have opportunities to make music together, not just warm up uh, and get our instruments in tune from time to time. What would you say makes it so hard to collaborate and coordinate these design reviews? The way it typically works today is, is everybody works independently. And how often they do design reviews can be, you know, once a week, it could be once every other week. But in reality, they're working a long period of time independently from each other, right? And so they're making decisions not in context with the other disciplines, right? So I may make a design change that makes perfectly good sense to me, but in context of the overall design, it's not so great. And if it impacts somebody else, that's, you know, somebody else's problem, right? And so this process too of collecting all this data can take several days, you know, that you ask for the data and, and it takes me a while to save my data and collect all the data, you know, from all my different designers. They've got to collect it and integrate it on their side as a contractor. And then they give it to the general contractor who's got to integrate all the disciplines together. And then they can find the clashes and interferences and things like that. The challenging part is by the time he finds these clashes and interferences, that data is pretty old. It could be a week old or two weeks old. So in the meantime, everyone has continued to work because they have no reason not to. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, I've been working two weeks already since I gave my last version. What's changed? You know, and so it takes a lot of time for them to figure out, okay, this is what my data used to look like, or this is what it looks like now. Does that change still impact me? And so they spend a lot of time just trying to figure out what's changed. It sounds like a lot of people are doing twice or three times the amount of work than they really need to. How have you seen this play out in the real world? I worked with this one company and they were convinced that they were going to use a best in breed solution. There's a lot of benefits to like best in breed, right? It's you basically use the best software for the best thing, the best task. And it's good, right? They, they, it's easy to implement. I can, I can be really flexible in the type of tools I use. And, and so they said, this is the best solution, right? But what they found was they were never able to get enough design cycles in. You know, the integration of all these different tools made it really difficult. They really would like to have gotten to the point where they could do dozens of design iterations and dozens of options, you know, before design freeze. But ultimately what, what ended up is they would get one or maybe two viable options and then they're choosing between those and it wasn't optimal they knew it wasn't optimal but 
because it took so long to get there, that's kind of where they were. Is there anyone who's been able to figure out a solution to the collaboration issue? Do you have any examples of a company that's doing this process well? A company called SSF Engineering. It's an industry-respected German civil engineering and construction company. And they, they design you know, large, complex infrastructure construction projects. I go to Germany quite often, and I always take the trains. They're great. But whenever I go between like Stuttgart or Frankfurt to Munich, it always like seems like these high-speed trains aren't any faster than driving. And, and the reason why is because there's this one stretch that's really slow. It's because it, it has like lots of turns and a steep climb, and high-speed trains really just don't go that fast on those areas. And so they've redone it, and they've designed these new track that's for high-speed trains that'll cut that time in, in half. They used NX to do things like 4D construction sequencing, right? So they could actually visualize, you know, this is what the construction site looks like on day one. This is what it looks like on after one month, after two months. And they're actually able to use that data collaboratively? They're able to use that same data over and over again through, through lots of different disciplines. They also, because they were all using a common tool, you know, it became really easy to do these design reviews. They save their work, walk over to the conference room or get on a conference call, and they can immediately start an online meeting within minutes, right? And that was something they could never do before because the data is always in the same location and in the same system. It really boosted their efficiency and eliminated errors compared to when they were using multiple systems that weren't integrated together. These design reviews are, are much easier when you're working in a common design environment. You know, each designer is working with live data, so when design changes occur, you know, they immediately see that. Everybody immediately sees it and they can react immediately instead of waiting weeks to integrate and review and get feedback. You know, it's, it's immediately. And so that enables them to deliver on time. Flexibility seems to play a big role in a lot of best practices. Can you expand on how that flexibility is helpful? Flexibility is a key point. There's lots of software out there that'll assist in, in designing a bridge or a roadway, but these designs need to adapt to different terrain and different circumstances. And so lots of times this out of the box, here's my template bridge or a roadway doesn't fit into that scenario. And it's very difficult to kind of force the software to do something it wasn't meant to do. And that was one of the things they really loved about NX was this flexibility to just, you know, I wanted to design the roadway to do this. In this one section, I need to change it. You know, I, I'm not constrained by some predefined rule in the software. Does the digital twin come into play at all? All along, they could always represent and see what's happening. So when the guys wanted to see, you know, if I made a design change, you know, I could immediately see how that impacted all the other disciplines and when I made a change and, and found a mistake, it immediately got applied and, and represented the digital twin. So many issues are found on site. On site decisions are made to modify the design. Those on site modifications never make it back into the digital twin. And so it's important and really beneficial to be able to find all those issues early on to ensure that it really gets an accurate representation for the digital twin. Can you tell us a little bit more about the idea of a common design environment? Most AEC design software stores data in a single part file, right? It's, it's a single file. For architects, you know, managing all this data in a single file 
is for the most part fine, right? The challenges come when you need to collaborate with, with others, right? When you need to get a whole team of people, many people. You know, how do you collaborate with a single part file? One way to do it is, is you probably familiar with something like, you know, Google Docs, the ability to, to kind of work together. But it, it's not really satisfactory when you've got really complex design processes or your, your needs are much different, right? I, I might be designing one thing. I don't want to see everything associated with the formwork and the scaffolding because that's not what I'm interested in. So it goes back to the need to collaborate amongst different disciplines. Do you see the single file issue as the biggest hurdle to this collaboration? It becomes difficult when you have different objectives for the need of the data. So, you know, while the, a single part for, you know, might work great for an architect, it, it really is difficult during engineering construction. This scalability issue was one of the key complaints in that open letter to Autodesk a couple of years ago. When the design is stored in a single file, it's challenging to leverage things just like multiple cores. How do you have multiple processors working when it's all stored in a single part file? And so you'll see you see more and more customers complaining that the performance is getting worse and worse because they have no way to really distribute that design and leverage multiple CPUs. When that happens, nobody wants to get bogged down. And so they create their own version of the of the design, right? Everybody has their own version. It's it's like an unfortunate circumstance, but kind of what they do. It sounds like it would be a pretty major roadblock for productivity. They spend a lot of time trying to determine, you know, what's changed. So the guy who's in charge of the design, he'll make a change. And then everybody has to figure out what's changed. They don't really know. They have to spend a lot of time looking for it. It's just unique to this industry as well. You don't see it like an automotive. You don't see it in aerospace or machinery. You know, these tools enable distributed design using like assemblies and components. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? How much of an obstacle does the single part file create? With a single part file, you'll design like an element. I'm going to design a restroom, let's say, and I've designed a men's and women's restroom that's represented on every floor of the building. Today, I would just copy and paste it and put it in all the different you know, levels. But really, now these are all unique instances, right? So if I decide later that I said, oh, I need to change something in one of them, all of them now are wrong, right? You don't just change it once and propagate that change everywhere. They're all wrong. And so it's not ideal. It's better if you had to take that instance and replicate it multiple times, make it one, one change and see that lots of times. So if I'm the guy who needs to do like the concrete work, I need to put in formwork. So my design needs to have formwork. The guy who's doing steelwork, he might not care at all about the formwork. Where does my formwork live? We don't have a single source of truth that has everything in it. It'd be great if you had like a single source of truth that had everything in it. And then only the things I want to see are the things I, I get to see, right? And other people don't have to load it if they don't want to. I imagine poor collaboration would really have an impact on those builds too. You're always going to find mistakes on site somehow. Sometimes it's human error, sometimes it's just got missed. But the problems are really compounded when you're working with stale data or out-of-date data and you're constantly translating data between different CAD tools and you're trying to integrate it together. There's great tools out there that have made progress in, in, in making the translations better and the integrations better. But in reality, you're not getting enough design cycles. And so in the end, you're not finding all the mistakes in time because you're on a deadline and you're pushed to to start building. So what happens are mistakes are made, right? And then every single time mistakes are made, you 
cause delays and you cause wasted materials. You've ordered the wrong product or the wrong or the equipment didn't get delivered in time. And so this eats into their profit margins. And in this industry, you know, the profit margins are thin. You just don't have the flexibility to to make these kind of errors. So you're either forced to kind of take a hit or turn around and charge the the owner a lot more money and say, hey, you know, there's this mistake, you need to pay more. That's not a good solution either. So Derek, looking ahead, what would you say the BIM collaboration space looks like in the next five years? You can start to see that the cloud is really a big deal. The cloud enables you to get data put somewhere that everyone can access it, right? So today, lots of times it lives like on somebody's computer on the disk drive, right? That only a few people have access to. So by putting on the cloud, at least everybody can access the same data. So that certainly will be kind of the future is is leveraging, like leveraging the cloud to make this data accessible from any device. How do you see that accessibility changing the industry? These design silos can't exist. You know, we can't have these people working in isolation, designing their specific thing out of context of the rest of the design. You really need to have an environment where everybody can see and work together. That has to happen to ensure that we we don't get these delays and, and missed interferences and clashes and things like that. As soon as uh, changes occur, if I'm designing something and something all of a sudden you know comes into my space, I imagine like I'm going to get notified of it. You know, it's not going to take somebody else to tell me this. I'm just going to be working and it's going to say, hey, somebody just put an HVAC unit right through your your space. Is that okay? You know, and and so I imagine like there's going to be a more dynamic, interactive way that these disciplines work together and some notifications. When that happens, these interferences are found immediately. I'll start adapting to that right away. You know, I'm not going to wait until a week from now when we do our designer review till I discover that I'll start working on it immediately. And so I imagine, you know, these designer reviews will be much, much different. You're not going to be finding interference and clashes. Those will be resolved ahead of time. These designer reviews will really be, you know, communicating large changes or exploring design opportunities or something like that, but they won't be like finding interferences anymore. There'll be much more high level discussions. Are there any other big changes you see on the horizon? What about in terms of the digital twin? Another area too is is that the way we document on-site issues and the way we capture these on-site issues, we can't have digital twins if decisions are being made on site, changes are being made on site, and these aren't documented in the digital twin. And so somehow we need to pull this into our digital twin and make sure all these changes are documented and replicated in our digital twin. And so I think you're going to see that in the future, no construction project will be done without a digital twin, without the ability to digitally represent what's physically there. You see more and more governments requiring 3D data, but I think more and more it'll be like, you know, we really want a full digital twin. You actually see people retroactively doing that. Like I know the German government is paying to take projects that were done in 2D maybe five years ago, and we really want a 3D representation of this. We really want a digital twin, and they'll pay people to retroactively create these digital twins. So you can bet that in the future, all projects will be leveraging these principles and have an accurate digital twin. Wow. So we're looking at a future where things like infrastructure maintenance could be completely revolutionized. 
Thank you so much to Derek for joining us today. And please stay tuned to Next Generation Design for the final installment of our three-part conversation with Derek. Thanks also to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Join us next time for more discussions about the latest in design innovation and software applications. I'm your host, Jennifer Piper, and this has been Next Generation Design. Thank you.